Matt, are you ready for a night of fun? I'm always down for fun, Anna. You know that. <laughs> well, we hit 2 million listens this year and to celebrate, we're going on tour. That we are. So on Thursday, the 7th of September, we're going to be in Melbourne. Wednesday, the 13th of September, we're going to be in Brisbane. And Thursday, the 21st of September, we're going to be in Sydney. We're going to have special guests, prizes and so much fun. So make sure you get your tickets in our show notes. Bye. See you there. I want the fairy tale. I want the Prince Charming. She... <laughs> How do I put this? Isn't a fan of my kissing style. So we were boyfriend and girlfriend for about 12 hours. He's in a trash bin. He's non-recyclable. Catch you never. I love being in love. I love love. Where's Your Head At is a podcast that talks all things relationships, breakups, reality TV, trending shows, and everything in between. This is your new go-to destination for laughs, gossip, intimate details, advice, and much more. Hi, guys. Welcome to Where's Your Head At? Hello. Thank you for having us. Thanks, guys. We've had a lot of technical difficulties this morning. You guys have been very good sport. Thank you for that. And thank you for coming on. No, that's right. It gave us us time to be late, but this was the first time we were actually on time. (laughs) It's always late, isn't it? I know. I know. Well, where's your head at, guys? It's Monday morning. Yeah. We're feeling it again. The place, a bit yeah. slow. The technical difficulties <laughs> probably making it even better. But yeah, no, um, feeling good, I yeah. think. Excited for the week. Excited yeah. for this. This was yeah, yeah, this is cool. We're pumped yeah. about this. You guys have an awesome presence on TikTok. Your videos have gone like viral, viral, like millions and millions and millions of likes and views. What made you get into TikTok, firstly? <laughs> I think I've I've been doing TikTok since doing the lame dances were a thing. So yeah, I never got into the dances, but bef- when that was like what TikTok was, was when I kind of started. And I think... Um, I guess there's lots of facets to me and I've always been like someone that likes to share that all openly and all the things. So I just kind of, I didn't ever have like a niche, I guess, when it came to TikTok, I would just share left, right and center, everything. And then, yeah, I had like a few videos, I guess, go viral in the early days and they weren't about like ADHD or anything. They were just, I guess, random ones. And then, yeah, kind of fell in love with creating and yeah. Then Barry just decided to start filming me in my chaoticness. So that's how our account started. Our, but, our account started with DIYs. Yeah. And then we yeah, were, it, it was just so hard, just building constantly. Yeah. And then it was just a hyper focus that yeah. we moved on from. <laughs> like, let's just film my lives. <laughs> like, we're over this one. We're over this one now. <laughs> So you guys do a lot of content on ADHD. Do yeah. both of you have ADHD? Do one of you have it? Talk us through that. So I am the ADHD in the okay. relationship and Barry is not. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, when did you find out you were diagnosed with ADHD? Um, so I was diagnosed, it was kind of like an official, unofficial diagnosis when I was really young. So I had a lot of behavioral issues growing up and this was all before I actually started school. So I was diagnosed, my mum took me to the doctor at about three or four. She can't remember exactly when um, but it was around that age and at that time there was just such little awareness around how it presented in girls yeah. and then as well I think there was a lot of shame around medicating your child mm. in that sense and I guess it's a mom as well you're not going to medicate your kid 
if you don't know what it even is or what they're med- like medicating for. So yeah. that was like the only conversation. And obviously being three or four, I barely even remember that situation. I remember all the school changes, but yeah, so I was technically diagnosed, but that conversation never, nothing ever came from that conversation. I just grew up as a normal kid mm. into teenage years. And it wasn't until I actually um, graduated uni, which we actually told this story yesterday on the podcast that we recorded. Um, but yeah, I was in the kitchen one morning with my housemate and we had conversation after conversation and it would always happen this way. I would say, hey, what are you doing this morning? Or like, what are you doing today? And she'd be like, yeah, I'm going to uni, blah, blah, she'd tell me the whole spiel. And then two seconds later, so what are you up to today? Like, blah, 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 what are you doing? And she's like, I'm going to uni at this time, at this time, blah, blah, blah. And then I would just be making my breakfast or something and then I'd be like, cool, so what time are you getting home this afternoon? What What are your plans today? And she's like, I'm sick of having the same conversation with you 10 times every morning. And she's like, you need to like go to the doctor and get your head sorted. So I did. Um, and that was actually when I ended up getting my adult diagnosis. Wow. So yeah. you were getting like 24? Um, I think I was like 20, yes, 24, 25. It was in 2019. Okay. COVID's like got my head all over the shop, yeah. but yeah, yeah it was around that age. <laughs> so you yeah. lived 24 years not knowing did you feel like you were different from everyone else did you feel like the way you were like and all that sort of stuff yeah 100 percent. i think the masking was a really big thing for me like i always noticed that and masking is exhausting if if you kind of know what it is but it's constantly feeling like you're having to suppress these parts of you um to kind of fit the norm and i think like that was just a very normal thing for me Mm. and i think once i got my diagnosis and barry and i call it the it was like the aha stage Mm. and once you get diagnosed it you kind of sound like a broken record but you're walking around the house and you're like oh my god that doom pile that's my adhd and you're like oh my god like (laughs) that's why every relationship has failed oh my god that's why i had these patterns and it's like you kind of just go through these moments and it's like holy crap like i've masked like you said 20 plus years and i've just you know tried to cope basically matt Matt is currently going through that aha stage like like, people like oh you're using as an excuse i'm like no it's not an excuse it's a reason why i did this or like i was this behavior in this certain situation or why you said like there's different things that i've done my whole life it's interesting because the tiktok content on adhd is so powerful i think that's the reason that you even got diagnosed and matt i think just like one week was just like, Anna, okay, so there's this, this, and this, and I do it all because of ADHD, and I've got most of the symptoms, and, like, you have to watch it. And then he started sending me a million videos, and I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? (laughs) And he was was hyper-focused. Just for our listeners who maybe don't exactly know what ADHD is, can you give a bit of a summary? Yeah, I guess, like, it's – I can go down the, I guess, textbook definition, but I think the reason that, you know, that textbook definition hasn't worked for so long is because how it sounds on paper is so different to how it plays out in real life, right? And that's the thing is like, you know, we've had this textbook definition of ADHD for such a long time, right? And and so many people have still gone undiagnosed for so long. Mm -hmm. And that's why people like yourself, Matt, are now seeing the videos, seeing it play out in real life, Mm seeing, you know, videos like ours where they're actually seeing how it manifests in real life 
play out and they're like, damn, like that's what ADHD is. So for me, I can, you know, I can sit here and say, you know, ADHD is inattention. It's, you know, hyperactivity. It's all of these little ticking the boxes of symptoms. But really, I just think it goes so much deeper than that. There's so much things that people wouldn't even understand. Like, I don't know about you, yeah. but like the... um. The one is just the roller coaster of emotion. No one talks about yeah. like, like the slightest thing can like bring you down or like yeah. blow you up. No one talks about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So emotional dysregulation. I think that's one of the the biggest things that I mean, and really like it's barely even in the DSM. Like as in mm. the criteria of ADHD, it's like this you know emotional dysregulation. It's just like one word, but it's like what does that actually mean? Mm. And mm. I think like. Basically, people with ADHD experience emotions far more intensely. And the way I like to describe it is like, for example, if Barry and I were in a car and we were someone, he was driving and someone cut him off, he would kind of be like, <laughs> he'd initially go to have that road rage and like, you know, stick the finger up or whatever and be like, oh, you asshole. But a filter in his brain goes, okay, probably not. Like, let's just come. This is Let's way too relevant down. right now. Yeah. This is way yeah. too relevant. Um, so he would just like, you know, this filter would pass. He'd be like, okay, whatever, like, asshole. It'd be calm. Whereas like me, I would be driving, someone cuts me off. I don't have that filter, right? But it's not just that I don't have the filter. I then feel it more intensely. So my 100% is like an average person's like 50%. That's not like quote unquote statistical, but like hmm. that's like the intensity. So someone cuts me off. I don't have that filter. The it's not there. And that's like a prime example of the emotion aspect. Mm. I know I was, on, I was on the phone to Anna the other day and um, someone cut me off. And I started going nuts, and I was like, "Where's my?" I was like, "Where's my fucking tire iron?" I was like, <laughs> "I was like looking all over my car for the thing." And no. I was like giving him this speech, like, "Let's just live a happy, peaceful life." I was Why so mad. Angry? I was so fucking mad. I was searching under my seat because I put the tire iron. I switched the tire. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take that out so you don't end up in jail because that's he was ready for it. Yeah, I was so. He was mad. ready for it. Oh, yeah. But I'm more, yeah. yeah, I feel like the same thing, but like, and the way I explain it is, say you get like a text message and it's not even a bad one. It could be something like, you know, I'm canceling plans tonight. And like, you were like, and then that just fucking ruins you for like an hour. Like you're mm. upset, but then you yeah. might make a green light and then out of nowhere, you're fucking happy again. You know what I mean? That's how I sort <laughs> yeah, of, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. how I explain it. It's just the littlest things make you like dopamine levels go up and down. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the emotional dysregulation, right? So when we think about that, we think that it it means like, you know, it's always about negative emotions, but it can happen with the happy emotions mm, too. Yeah. Is it like when you feel happy and this is why when we fall in love or when, you know, we get into relationships, you feel them so much more intensely. And it's like, oh my God, they're the one. Like it's crazy. <laughs> and it's like, you just go through this whirlwind. Um, yeah. So it happens with the happy emotions so much as it does with the sad and the angry emotions as well. Yeah. Matt, you fall in love very deeply. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, aha. Uh -huh. That explains that. This whole interview is just going to be in one big uh -huh. Uh -huh. Barry, for you, how is it? I mean, if you're in the car um, and there's a road rage incident <laughs> happening, how do you kind of like, what's what's your go-to plan in those situations? He's like, I drive. Well, I, yeah, I drive all the time. So <laughs> you can go road rage and everything like that, but nothing's really happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I think Tara has, as you said, um, Matt, those up and down moments, I mm-hmm. think, really quickly. Um, they really come on stronger when you like when it's the time of the month as well. Mm. I think for a lot of um, females with ADHD, that intensifies it. Yeah. Um, Not just that, though. I go to zero from zero to 100 most days. Most days. <laughs> yeah, that, I notice it a lot more then. Yeah, well. yeah, for sure. Um, but you, yeah, I, I usually I, are like this calm. Yeah, I calm you down. Yeah. <laughs> but mean, how? Explain how. But how? I, <laughs> Just giving her the time. I think you've got to give yeah. them the outlet to have that yeah. for a little bit, not so shh, shh, quiet, don't do that, don't do that. Yeah. Let the explosion happen and then after that, calm down. Yeah. And, well, um, I know that I it. can go from zero to 100, have an explosion, and within like five to 10 seconds, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm acting like Yeah, exactly. Happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm moving around. She's like, what, what was that? Yeah. Mario always says that. So as we're having an argument and going to sleep, I will kind of go to sleep like there's no issue and Barry the next morning will wake up and kind of like still be a bit like angry and I'm just like getting on with my day. I'm like, ah, and then I'm like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, oh, you, you just said a few like mean things last night. I'm like, what? I'm like, what are, what are you even talking about? Like the memory is just gone. Just wiped, yeah. Like it's, I'm just so over it. Like, like you said, Matt, like within, you know, zero to a hundred and yeah. then it's like, I've forgotten what we're even talking mm-hmm. about. I think that the most important thing in our relationship though, and I, I always get people to ask me this, like how, how does Barry support you? And I think honestly, it's, it's a dance in the sense that like I had to educate him why I had to first understand my own ADHD. Mm. Then I had to be able to educate him about my ADHD. And then it's like, then we together come up with what works and yeah. what doesn't work. I think a massive thing is, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you're in a relationship with someone that has ADHD, personally, I feel like the person that doesn't have ADHD has to give a lot more and understand the person with it more than the other. I feel personally, that's how I feel from my experiences because I'm not so, the way my brain works isn't as um, receptive to like their stuff. Do you know what I mean? And I'm sort of fixed in my ways and what I what I do and I can't like it's fucking hard for me to undo the way I am do you know what I mean you know what I'm trying to yeah. say like I've had this argument no, a thousand that. times with my ex like fucking a million <laughs> times because she just didn't want to like listen to like the way I would do things and I'm like I can't see it from your side I can't yeah. unwire myself yeah. yeah I think there needs to be like a general openness as yeah. in like open an open mind is kind of like how yeah. I explain it um but to kind of touch on that point just quickly so I always say people like oh you know your partner has to put up with so much like this that and I'm like at the end of the day every single human being coming into any relationship mm-hmm. has something absolutely whether it's ADHD whether it's depression whether it's anxiety True. whether it's attachment issues like every single human being has something that they're going to have to be able to navigate mm. with their significant other so I think like give yourself a little bit of credit as the ADHD partner to not have like not come into a relationship and feel like you're such a burden that your partner has to understand you and that's so shitty for them, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's shitty for Barry, but there's also things that like I have to navigate with him that he's brought to the relationship. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's kind of just like having that maturity to be able to go, yeah, you've got ADHD. I can have that open mindedness about it. But you know, you're not you're not bringing something to the table that's unmanageable. Absolutely, it's different. Yeah. Something I but say yeah. as well is, you know, like it does come with all like the the annoyance, not, not sorry, that's the wrong word, like the difficulties of it, trying to yeah. manage it. But then if you 
do manage it and you learn how to navigate it, I think it's fucking could be like magical if you get, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like there's so many pros that come with ADHD. And I would always say that, like if you just learn yeah. how to navigate like the turmoil and like the negatives, the positives outweigh it, I feel. A hundred percent. And that's what I was saying about that open, having that open mind. And I think that's something that Barry does and really executes really brilliantly is he has this open mind and it's like if I it, like I kid you not this guy he does this to put up with a lot but like if I decide like we'll be laying in bed at 11 o'clock and I'm like like the other night we're putting away clothes and I'm like I'm sick of doing this because I hate putting away clothes and the reason I don't want to put away clothes is because my wardrobe's too full so yes at 11 30 at night I decided it was the perfect opportunity <laughs> to rip out all of like I completely like our bed was like a mountain and it was 11 o'clock and he's like you know how you said you wanted to get to bed earlier and like go for a run in the morning? I'm like, yeah, it's not happening. We're doing this. And it's just <laughs> that ability for him to be able to go, okay, cool. Let's put some music on. Let's have some fun, whatever. Like, And like you said, Matt, it's just embracing those moments that, you know, mm. we do get to have yeah. that fun time. I and- think as the non-ADHD person, you choose to um, indulge in it or um, take part in it or yeah. you can choose to be angry at the fact that she's doing that. And then the outcome is from that. If you choose to be angry, she's gonna get heightened, everything's gonna blow up and it's all gonna go to Um, But if you don't, you join in, it's an amazing moment that you guys kind of like laugh at. at Yeah. But yeah, like you were saying, you know, your relationship can be incredibly amazing when you do have ADHD. Like we have an incredibly playful, fun, like spontaneous like we book random trips trips away all of a sudden we're eating donuts when we're going to the grocery store like it's just fun and you just let it happen like that's that's it's just not fighting it i think even from meeting you guys for like i don't know how long this podcast been going like 10 minutes (laughs) i can already see that you guys have such a fun relationship and you really seem to be like the yin to each other's yang it's really nice to see you can feel it, it can't you? Yeah, yeah, you can they're feel very it. cute. They seem like they've learned how to navigate. <laughs> yeah. and has, well. there, has there ever been times where you've struggled to navigate or you've come to like a kind mm. of stop sign or a, or a speed bump in the road? Yeah. I yeah, think this, there has always been. Yeah. I mean, look, every day there's something. <laughs> like yeah. as, as much as we have this fun, playful relationship, there's always something. But I think it's, you know, and I think I said this to someone the other day, it's like, it's not about like not having fights. Like it's not about not having disagreements. It's just how you like ride that way. Totally. And I don't know, like you're two individuals, you can respect each other. Um, you can agree to disagree and then make it a game or make it fun yeah. afterwards. Like we have this thing that when we are angry at each other, it just takes one of us to like, smile or like laugh <laughs> at one another and the, the fight's over yeah right so and i think it's like putting your ego aside mm-hmm. and just being like okay it's you two in the relationship it's not you against me like i'm not here to prove anything I- um but yeah there there has been a lot of stuff along the along I the think way there was a few at the beginning of the relationship yeah really kind of and it's interesting to think about that because at the start of our relationship, we did have a lot of challenges, particularly with that emotional regulation stuff and the cycle of like me getting bored and like create craving. Um, what did you say? The bad boy. I was craving the bad boy <laughs> okay. back in the day. Right. Um, and so Barry at the time was like this really lovely, sweet, he was giving me everything I needed and I'm like, I'm bored. <laughs> like, I don't know how to. 
I don't know how to manage this. And I didn't know how to put words to that. I was just like, look, I don't know what's happening. Um, but like I said, the crux, the crux of it really is, is that I had to learn about my ADHD. Yeah. And that gave me the words to understand my own patterns, take ownership of my own patterns and basically make a different choice. Because the pattern was the same like throughout my whole life, like fall in love super, super quickly, think that they're the one, rush into things. Next thing you're on like a overseas holiday with this person and then you're breaking up when you get home. Like that was the the cycle that was quite quite constant. So are there any misconceptions about ADHD that you want to address or clear up? I think there's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Where do we start? Um, It's not that kid. I always say it's not that kid in the corner who like, you know, has outbursts and punches hole in the wall of the classroom. That's not what ADHD is. There's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, it is. It's definitely more than just that. And I think that misconception in particular came from, um, so back in the day, I don't know if you guys remember, but remember how everyone kind of knew it as ADD or ADHD? Yes. Yeah. So everyone, a lot of people kind of thought ADHD was that kid in the corner you know, that was that stock standard, what ADHD was. Mm. Um, They kind of discovered as time went on that ADHD, actually there's three types of ADHD as we know it today. So there's the hyperactivity impulsive type, um, which is that little boy in the corner that can't sit still. Um, That presents differently once you grow up though. Um, And then there's the inattentive type, which is usually what girls are diagnosed with and that's more internal. So Mm. it's the forgetfulness, it's the daydreaming, it's like the distracted thoughts, all of those kinds of things. And then there's the combined type. So it was actually why a lot of girls went misdiagnosed for such a long time because we all had this idea, even myself, like I knew I was diagnosed with ADHD or I had it, Mm. but I'd never resonated with the little boys in my class that had ADHD. I didn't like, I was like, well, I'm not like them. Like it's different. I'm just like off with the fairies kind of thing. So it it presented really differently, but I think that's a massive misconception. And that's actually why a lot of women now in particular are, are getting diagnosed and even, even men as well. So, yeah. So would you say ADHD, even although there's those kind of like three main groups is like a spectrum, like everyone kind of shows up differently? Yeah. Look, I think the easiest way to explain this is like, when you think of the word hyperactivity, hyperactivity, like you said, it's that little boy in the side of the classroom. Hyperactivity can also be biting your nails. Hyperactivity can also be, you know, picking, like I'm playing with a scrunchie right now because I'm trying to put my energy somewhere else. Right. <laughs> um, hyperactivity can present in your mind. Hyperactivity can present as, you know, when you come home from work, you got to go straight to the gym or when you come home from yeah. the gym, you got to get straight into cooking. It's like, there's no actual yeah stop and so when we when we see the word hyperactivity is a symptom right we think oh yeah so it's the little kid that can't sit still well no hyperactivity presents so differently so that's what you're kind of saying in the sense that like it's such a broad spectrum so when you look at inattentiveness or distractions or hyperactivity all of those look different for Mm. each person my roommates used to say that i was like the definition of um how do they word it always making moves but doing nothing I wouldn't describe like, you like, as like, that, like, like, it feels like I'm not doing much, but, like, I'm always, like, doing stuff. Do you uh, know what I mean? Okay, like, okay. I yeah. I couldn't just, like, sit there. Like, I always had to be doing something. 
Yeah. Unless yeah. she's this hyperactivity version. So when Matt got diagnosed with ADHD on our podcast, he actually said to me, I think you might have ADHD, Anna. And then from there, some of our listeners were like, yeah, I didn't want to say anything, but I think you have it too. And I was like, oh, like, okay, like I don't know where to go from here because I yeah. genuinely, until Matt just got diagnosed, I didn't know any symptoms. I'd never looked it up. It literally mm. was not on my radar at all. Um, yeah. And I don't know if I have ADHD. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But I guess my question is what advice do you have for people who believe that they potentially could have ADHD? I think my advice would definitely be do the research, but not just textbook research. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know, I know that there's kind of like controversy around the sense of like, obviously don't go watch one TikTok and diagnose yourself with ADHD. But also we've got this opportunity now where we live in, you know, the age of videos and we're actually able to see it play out in real life for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, go and watch, you know, ADHD TikTokers, see if you resonate with it. And then what I would then say is then go and have a look at the more, I guess, credible sources um, and, and really line it up and go, okay, does this, you know, does this align with what I'm experiencing? And like I said, with the hyperactivity, you know, don't just see it as black and white being like, okay, well, I don't run around or I can sit down on an airplane. I don't have hyperactivity. Look at the patterns in your life, you know, look at, or the impulsivity, for example, you know, impulsivity isn't just shopping issues you know it isn't just overspending issues it can be you know being in a relationship and you know constantly interrupting or not being able to you know I guess let the other person say what they want to say or you know even if you do have that patience it's having the thought in your head constantly trying to stop yourself from interrupting them Mm. so I think just look at the patterns and those kinds of I guess symptoms and how they might be presenting for you um, and then I'll just say, you know, make a make a list of them, like of your daily life. How does it show up? And then just try and see those patterns for yourself and then book in to a GP sooner than later because there's a long list. <laughs> there I, is a yeah. long list, isn't there? I do. Yeah. I, on that, I do hate people that are saying like, when I got diagnosed, people around me were like, oh, you as well, you've got it. You're like, jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, bandwagon, all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, well... No, I think that there's such an awareness now because of TikTok. Like I said, TikTok was the reason why I did. I saw a TikTok and it literally the opening line was, do you drink too much coffee? You you would, you would might have ADHD. And I was like, well, fuck. All right, I've got a coffee yeah, issue. Yeah, self-medicating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was just like, I was like, all right, I'll have a watch of this. And then I watched it. And then like, you know, Flick went to his profile and watched a couple more and slowly my algorithm started becoming like, you know, ADHD stuff. And I was like, Fuck, I'm ticking a lot of these boxes. You know, these are really me. Mm. Another aha moment I had was, and this was even before I like even thought about ADHD was, um, I used to explain to my ex that I would say an orange. I'd say, so like you see an orange, you see an orange. I was like, if I see that orange, I'm going through my head. I'm like, how orange is that orange? If I juice it, how much juice will come out of it? If will there be pulp? Why do they charge extra for oranges with pulp? Like you know, what I mean, orange juice with pulp. It's- and then you're thinking about apples. Yeah, and then you go, some- yeah, then you go to something else. And I was just like, I and I used to call it. I used to say you have like a one D mind. Mine is like four D. And like she would yeah. take it as an insult, but I didn't see it as an insult. It was. Like- I mean, that sounds like an insult. No, but it's like I you're one D. I'm four D. Yeah, but it's like, I actually was like, I'm sort of jealous in a way because like this was before I knew and I knew how to navigate. I was like, I can't just 
see it for like what it is. Like I'm yeah. over like thinking about it. And then like, so that became like something that I had an aha moment. I don't know if you're the same. Yeah, no, I definitely experienced yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. have those ex- conversations <laughs> quite a lot, I think. <laughs> I'm like, just do, we'll just do this today. Like, no, I've got this one, that one, this, and that leads to that. That That's for that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's actually, it's something, that's come, it's, it's something that's come up a lot as like, a business owner mm. um, because everyone's like, it's it's black and white. Just, just do your email marketing that. and then you're like, and I'm like, it's not, I can't just do that. I have to understand this. I have to do that. I have to talk to that person. I don't have that skill. And it's like, I end up with a list of 20 things and people are like, why are you overcomplicating it? And I'm like, I'm not. This is what I have to do <laughs> to get that done. And then they're like, no, you just write an email. And I'm like, Oh. No. It's not that easy. And that's like that's like my, my saying. It's not that easy. And they're like, it is. I'm like <laughs> I remember one when I was like, we were putting we we're going for a walk, like, all right, let's go for a walk. And she put crocs on. And I was like, Oh, you're wearing crocs. And she's like, Yeah. And then we got into like this little thing and I was like, No, but then in my mind I'm like, if we're wearing crocs, it's not an athletical walk, it's just like a walk to the coffee shop. <laughs> like, what am I wearing? Am I wearing the wrong clothes? Am I wearing you know, and I've gone like into this full spiral of thoughts. <laughs> When she's just like, chill the fuck out. We're going to go get a coffee. And I'm like, no, we're not. Like, what should I wear? You know, I'm going on this full like, yeah, that was, yeah. I use use that as an example of that sort of thing where it's it's not that easy to put your shoes on. Barry, what's your best piece of advice in having an ADHD partner? Oh, there's a lot of advice, but the, the, the one I really kind of have told friends that have come to me and said they've got a partner with ADHD is just not to judge. Mm. if they're doing something if they're saying something kind of being intrigued by it and asking them more about it um because then as as matt has said he will tell that person that 10-step process that he's actually going through or what he's actually thinking but if you're not interested in it and you're just like we're just going for a walk they're going to be like uh they're going to have a meltdown. Yeah, they're going to have a meltdown <laughs> about the crocs. Um, but, yeah, I think as soon as you're interested about something with that your partner with ADHD is interested in, it opens a lane of communication that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. And yeah. then the miscommunication doesn't actually happen. Yeah. I think you just accept me. Like, I yeah. feel like that's just the yeah. biggest thing. Like, and it's kind of like... It's like what we were talking about before with the emotional dysregulation and all the things. Like, I think the biggest thing in an ADHD relationship is it has to feel safe. Yeah. Like, I have to be able to feel safe. I shouldn't have the mask around my partner. Like, that's, I have to mask in every other facet of life. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like coming home. And it's actually, it's not something, I still as an adult, I feel this shame around it, but I may be having a meltdown and a tantrum. Like, I kid you not, I'm actually going to tell you this story. We went to lunch the other day (laughs) and... I ordered a steak and I was so excited for this steak. I've got one like, of these. I, <laughs> Matt, I've Matt's been, like not past the yeah. so she's like, I know this story. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, continue. Order, no, that's right. I'd ordered this steak and I, um, I wanted it to be. I think it was like medium cooked or whatever, and it came out. And it, we'd waited like forty five minutes, so I'd hit the hangry stage as well. So mm. my emotional dysregulation was already kicking in. <laughs> and she hands me the steak, and it was like I go to cut into it, and it was like it was too tough. It was too tough. Like it was overcooked, oh, no. and I was like, <sighs> like there was so much dopamine attached to having a good steak that I was just like, I'm not gonna get the 
like I didn't say this in my head, but my brain was like, there's no dopamine now. Everything sucks. Oh my God. And then I just started like tearing up. Like it's so dramatic to think about it. But I was like, and Barry's like, it's okay. And I'm like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Okay. I'll just sit down and wait. But like, as a partner, like, it's nice to know that I don't have to feel embarrassed about that. Like, he, yeah. he he's not like, oh, Tara, what the hell? Like, why are you crying? It's a steak. Like, it's embarrassing. Like, he's not putting that shame onto me. He's mm. genuinely just like, it's okay. Like, hey, what do you say? We're like, we'll get you a cheeseburger on the way home. Like, don't stress. It's just nice. Yeah. Like, that's, that, that's the acceptance that I'm I'm talking about that he does really well. I have a that's, that's what you want to hear. Now. Yeah, I have yeah. one quite similar to that, that, like, it was, like, what do you call it, like, a, a renowned, like, relationship thing with my ex. And it comes down to Barry, like, understanding that situation. Like, she didn't get it then. Um, yeah. All week, I wanted this um, burger from Hungry Jack's. <laughs> Like saw the ads constantly on TV, saw it like as I was driving and I was like, that's what I fucking want. And like you said, dopamine was like attached to it. Yeah, it was. So we go get the burgers. We come back to our house and they've given me the wrong burger. Oh my God. I fucking lost it. Like I lost and I was like, and then she was like, she was like, just eat this burger. Like it's, it's, this just doesn't have, it was like nearly the same. And I was like, no, you don't understand. And I started like telling her like, I've been waiting all week from this. This is my cheat meal. I'm going to fucking kill myself if I eat a burger that I don't want to eat. Like it's, I need to go for a run. I like lost it to the point where, and then she was like, well go, it's around the corner. And I'm like, I want you to come with me. I want to go through the whole thing. Again. Yeah, you were <laughs> yeah, I want you to come with right. me. I want you to go through the drive-through with me. I want to do the whole thing again and make it right. Yeah. And she couldn't understand why I wanted to do that. And like, I was going, like, I was really mad. Like, yeah. just and not at her, at the situation. And she couldn't comprehend yeah. the difference of what it was. Like, yeah, like yeah. I was threatening to call people. Like, I was in, <laughs> I was in real fucking. fucking like, I was having a full breakdown. You added like, damn. You've done that with. <laughs> Like GYG. Yeah, I've done, that with, I've done that with Goodman. Um, there's I've like a specific it. sauce that Tara likes. Well, no, because we were going to go sit at the park and eat Goodman that time. Oh, this is multiple times. Yeah, it I've had to drive 20 minutes and go get that sauce and bring it back. <laughs> you have it like because you have in your head and then you want it to be that yeah. way. Like, I wanted to go through yeah. the drive through come through, yes. sit down and eat together. And it wasn't going to happen. She's like, I'll stay here and eat. And I'm like, no, I want you to come with me. And I want to eat together at yeah. the same time. Yeah, yeah. Calm yeah. down. That's freaking out. <laughs> the dopamine's not just attached to the food. It's the experience yeah. that yeah. it's like the whole, it's like the whole picture that you get the dopamine from. Like with the steak, the reason I was upset wasn't even half the thing to do with the steak. It was the fact that like everyone was eating. Everyone was eating. It was like we were meant to all be sharing a meal like with my family and like all this stuff. And it was just like I didn't want to have to ask the waiter to come over and make her feel bad and cause a whole situation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I fully get that. I fully get that. That's so funny. <laughs> As a non-ADHD person, let's just say Matt's example, what like I guess what's the best way to kind of like – bring peace and harmony back to the situation or do you just ride the wave what's like the best piece of advice would ride the wave yeah ride the wave and go with him and getting another burger because to be honest it's what they're just around the corner but don't don't do it in the sense that it's like oh how do we avoid a meltdown because then it makes me feel like a child as a partner do you know what i mean like barry and i we we navigate this really well in the sense that it's like it's not a parent child dynamic and that can be Um, a trap that a lot of people with ADHD fall into Mm. in their relationships where like the one partner feels like a parent, but then when you're a child or like you're in that thing, you feel like you're 
it's not a nice feeling as an adult to feel like a child, right? So don't coddle them. Like, as in, don't be like, oh, it's okay. Like, it's all right. Like, don't treat us like a child. (laughs) Just make it like a fun kind of like thing. Like, just don't make it a a big deal. Ride the wave. Really, is it the worst case scenario? Turning around and eating it again. But I will say there is still onus or a sense of responsibility as the ADHD person. I agree. Mm. It's not like I just get to go, I'm a maniac, I lose my shit, you just have to cop it. Like, that's not cool either. There is a point at which, like, I do think if you've got ADHD, you've got this condition, it is your responsibility to build that awareness and education around yourself. Yeah build the strategies, listen to podcasts, whatever it is, you need to be able to educate yourself. Like I, I've learned to emotionally regulate. And I know that when the state thing happened, I needed to just go to the bathroom for, for 10 minutes to just calm myself down. And I sat there and I was like, I'm regulated. I came back and I was sweet, but like, it's my responsibility as well. It's not just. When I had that burger episode, yeah. I didn't know I had ADHD at that point. Yeah. So neither of us knew what the fuck was going on. It's sort of like, <laughs> like something's not right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a fully grown man at 27 should not be wigging out over a burger. I mean, yeah. I mean, it must. Like, and I think that's such a, like, it's so good that there's so much awareness around ADHD now because I can imagine that if you have ADHD and you're going through this scenario, there would be yeah. a point where you're like, this is probably my ADHD. And then yes. you can be like, okay, I'm going to try to like self-regulate. Well, before that, it was just like, oh, like it would it'd be shaken off as Matt's just a bit different, you know, you know or that's just Matt being, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like it wasn't really... But like there's shame, yeah, there's shame about it. Yeah. There's a sense of shame. Whereas when, and I think that's the power of a diagnosis and a, a self-diagnosis in the sense, it's like you actually get to say, oh, that's my, that's the, you know, my brain needing dopamine or, you know, that's, that's the emotional dysregulation happening. That's the rejection sensitivity happening. Oh, like yeah. you can put names to it. And I think when you can put a name to something, it can, you can decide what you do with, like it gives it power and you can decide whether you let it rule you in a sense or you take control of it in that moment. Yeah. yeah and I think, I think too, as the person without, without ADHD, you, if you're looking forward to a steak or a burger or something for a week, you're also going to yeah. be disappointed yeah. if you don't get the right one or it's not as good. Yeah. Um, and I think but just you can noticing regulate. that. Yeah, you can <laughs> you're not going to cry. But you, you can notice that yeah. and go, oh, I could see why my partner. Yeah, you can empathise yeah, with Yeah, you them. can empathise with them yeah. and go, okay, I can see with the dysregulation why you would be at that point. Yeah. Because yeah. I'd be pissed. There's nothing yeah. worse than getting a bad meal at a restaurant when you're paying. Oh. Like the prices in Melbourne, they're like twenty five dollars oh, a meal at this point. Like it's 30, crazy. 30. For yeah. a steak, you're paying like thirty six, maybe forty. Yeah. Oh, don't even get me started on that. We went to it. Oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> this is for another day. I get you with that. Can you guys talk us through? Toxic ADHD dating cycles. Is that what it's called? Yes. Okay. Yes. I um I don't even know where that like title came from. I just like I made a video like probably a year or two ago about it and then it seemed to stick within the community. Okay. I called it the I call it the toxic ADHD like love cycle or whatever you want to call it. So I've actually written it down because I didn't want to get the order wrong and I knew that <laughs> I was gonna and I felt like it was gonna come up. So okay. it was kind of what we've been talking about as like throughout this episode. But um the first step, I always say that it's like six stages that we kind of go through. Mm. And it's like the first step is we fall hard and fast. 
So the dopamine's up there, the serotonin's up there. We're just like, oh my God. Um, then we go through the hyperfixation slash like obsession stage. Yeah. And this is where it's like, you know, and it can get a little toxic and this is where the toxic start like comes into it. You can get that jealousy. You can get those really intense insecurities um, because you're so hyper fixated on that other, that new person, right? Mm. Um, you can also in that stage really lose yourself. So I don't know about you, Matt, but like there's been times where I'm not, I don't play soccer and I might have met someone that likes soccer and I'm like, I like soccer now. <laughs> and I'm like out buying boots next week, joining like a soccer club, like <laughs> so strange. But like, do you know what I mean? Like you just lose yourself in that person's interest that it's yeah. like you just ditch all your own kind of thing. Then the next stage is you a lot of the time become convinced that they are the one. Mm -hmm. So that's where like a lot of people with ADHD actually end up finding themselves in really toxic relationships or dating narcissists um, because you'd miss the red flags. Yeah. When, you fall, when you instantly fall for them, the love's there. You know, mm. you've already attached to them. You've already connected to them. You've gone through the hyper-focus and obsession stage, which means your lives are like glued together and then now you're convinced they're the one right mm. irregardless of anything else everyone <laughs> in your <laughs> life everyone in your life being like oh no don't think so um but who do you listen to yourself anyway that's a story for another day um and then once you're convinced they're the one or you're like oh my god this is my person you rush into things right so mm. you guys might buy a dog together you guys might move in together really quickly um you might book it overseas <laughs> and it's like <laughs> you might book an overseas holiday together like there's just a lot of things that you rush into yeah. and again when you're rushing into these things and you're missing the red flags you're getting yourself further and further into a toxic relationship that is going to be trickier to get out of and not always it can just be a relationship that isn't ideal mm. then you usually go through the boredom and loss of interest stage and this mm. is kind of just like the way I describe this is People with ADHD often talk about the fact that they change hobbies left, right and centre, right? You might be into surfing one week, go buy a surfboard. Next minute, next week you're playing guitar or you're starting a podcast. Whatever it is, you're constantly changing hobbies and there's all this dopamine attached to that hobby and it's the same pattern in this toxic love cycle. It's like we follow the same pattern with hobbies and mm. then we lose interest. Yep. And then we get bored and we start a new one. So that same thing applies to relationships in the sense that you're dating this new person, all these crazy intense feelings you're feeling are like, ugh, okay, don't know if I'm feeling that anymore. And yeah. your brain's craving that dopamine spike again, that dopamine of finding someone new. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a lot of um, a lot of research that's gone into ADHD in relationships and a lot there's a lot of infidelity and cheating in ADHD relationships um, that, yeah, can be a, a pretty intense pattern. And then, yeah, a lot of people then just move on or quickly rebound into a new relationship and find themselves into that cycle again. Right. And how do you break the cycle for anyone listening who can really resonate with what you just said? I think it's awareness. Yeah. It's it's yeah. awareness. Educate it's like it, Yeah, it's like anything. If you're not aware of it, you don't know what's happening. Like I went through this cycle my whole life. Like I was infatuated with boys when I was really young yeah. and it started really early in the teenage years and I'd get myself into situations and it was just this cycle that just continued. And it wasn't until, yeah, like I, I 
understood the cycle that happens for me with hobbies and with like jobs and other things that I was like, damn, this is a pattern, not just in, you know, that area of my life. This is a pattern in my romantic Mm. kind of situations. Um, And I just think awareness is, it's something that's like, we don't give it enough power, but having the awareness of something is honestly the most powerful thing because you can call yourself out on it (laughs) you know you get to actually go okay I'm you know so with Barry and I when we hit that stage when I was hitting that like I was looking for that (laughs) that hit of dopamine again that excitement I was aware enough to be able to go okay so at the moment I'm in that stage where I'm like wanting to to jump ship I'm wanting to have something exciting in my life I'm not going to do that. And it was hard. Like it was like a good month or two where I really had to sit with those intense emotions of the boredom. Because again, like we were saying at the start of the episode, I was feeling that intense boredom, right? I was feeling, and it wasn't anything to do with Barry. It was literally just myself. It's all um, I'm just so <laughs> worried. No, you're not, you're not worried. <laughs> um, but it was just like, like we said before, it's riding that wave, understanding it. I knew I was experiencing it. And then, yeah, just... Can I ask how long into your relationship did that happen? I don't even know. Six months? Six months? Six, seven six months, months. Yeah. yeah. How long have you been months. together now then? It was very on and off at the start. Yeah. Classic ages. Um, two years? Two years. We've, we've lived with each other for seven. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, Not yeah. as, just as like housemates. Just as friends. <laughs> oh, so you guys just started as housemates. As housemates. Um, look, we just like I, I moved to the Gold Coast when I finished high school straight away. Um, and I just moved into this massive like share house situation. Um, and I had like eight housemates, and then one of them moved out. Barry ended up being Brilliant. the stranger that moved in, <laughs> and then over the years, we just kind of like as friends, like fully as friends, um, we just kind of went from that house to another house and then moved to this house, which we're currently in. And yeah, we were just friends that whole time. And basically we fell in love during COVID Aww. because we were stuck in a house together. So you were you in, oh, separate, were you in separate rooms then? Yeah, to... we weren't yeah. roommates, <laughs> just housemates. And then, um, uh, and then in COVID, they're like, actually, we don't want to pay for two rooms anymore. We're, yeah. we're merging. <laughs> no, no, I didn't get a choice. No, I is think it... you went, you went, are you moving upstairs? No, like, it, um, it is a choice. Okay. It's funny when I think about that now because we were just talking about that cycle. So I just got out of a toxic relationship. I just yeah. graduated uni. We were out on the town and in the Gold Coast. That sounds so old. But anyway, we were, we were having a night out and I got really wasted, basically. And Barry and I, I don't know oh. if I ever like this. <laughs> Apparently, I was like dancing and grinding up on Barry, which has never happened in like seven years of partying and friendship, like ever. Um, and yeah, and then obviously he was like, mm, not bad. <laughs> Uh, and then, and you then, only yeah. remember the bits where I was instigating the whole thing. So yeah, I'm, like, yeah. oh. I'm like, no. Yeah, the next morning I was and like, And then you asked no. your friends and they were like, yeah, you were. Yeah, <laughs> it, was it was weird. But, yeah, so after that we, we ended up kissing that night. Nothing else happened. Um, came home. The next morning I texted Barry and I was like, what happened last night? And I thought, which I know now to be true, but I thought that we had like these crazy chemistry and like all the feelings and stuff um, from that kiss. And I texted him, I was like, hey, like, did you feel that also? Or did it just feel weird? Like, you know, 
friends. And Barry's like, no, it felt weird. I'm like, okay, cool. That's we're never speaking, we're never speaking about again. And, you and like the same house. And he said yes, that. and it was it was so like awkward. And then anyway, so nothing happened for like six months after yeah. that, um, until March and COVID. And yeah, one one day I was just laying on the couch and. Barry started throwing pillows at me and I was like that's not my move okay that's not how (laughs) and I was like what the hell because I in my head I was like oh he said that it was weird like he would never go there again obviously um but yeah then the next day the pillows kept coming um and then I was like in my hyperfixation stage, I was like, I'm not going to work for the next three days. So I pulled a sickie for three days just to like see what was happening. And then, um, yeah, he ended up like leaning over and kissing me and then yeah. the rest was history. Was we tried to keep it on like the DL, but it's yeah. a bit hard yeah. when you it's live with cute. It is. <laughs> that is a very cute story. The, the pillow throwing, it's very, yeah. it's all very cute. I love it. It's I just okay. want anyone to know if I throw a pillow at them. Yes. It doesn't mean that. <laughs> was that your game plan when you were throwing the pillows? Or were you just, yeah, Barry. What was your game plan? Don't call me out like that. Don't call me out. <laughs> I mean, probably testing. Yes. I think, yeah. Is that your flirting, throwing pillows? It. Yeah. It's cute. It's cute. <laughs> But then I asked him, I was like, so did the kiss, like, were you lying when you said it was just friends? Because, like, I was cut deep. And then he's like, yeah, it was. Oh, my <laughs> I was God. like, you liar. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is it because you didn't want to make it awkward in the house? Yeah, I think we were so, friends for so long that yeah. I think at the beginning it was like, we don't want to ruin the friendship because yeah. then if this goes sideways at any point, it would ruin the friendship. Yeah. Um, but it just, I think it just, the fact that we we're doing that actually started ruining the friendship, I think. Um, yeah, well, so like, we had to make a decision, I think, at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's good though that you guys were friends before, so you had a little bit of a understanding before you went into it. Do you know what I mean? You've yeah, seen exactly. her around the house, and it's not just all new, and you're like, "What the fuck's going on?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why is she acting? We like also that? we also met and knew each other's exes, every single one of them. Oh, so God. that added another layer to that's things. That's a whole different layer. <laughs> that, I mean, bad. that's giving me deep anxiety. Yeah, just um, when it comes to intimacy and ADHD, mm-hmm. why is it more complicated? Matt, I want to ask you this. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I was going to say, what have you experienced like when it comes to, to intimacy being complicated? Oh, geez. I don't know. We're asking you the question. She's like, take it, take it back. No, the reason the reason I was asking is because like I I know a lot, as in like we actually I actually run a course on this. It's called the Seven Day ADHD Intimacy Challenge. Oh. And it's designed to help people with ADHD navigate this whole thing. So I was more curious from like can you I give just me some examples? Like, it's just yeah, so I can, so like, you jog, should do my, the course, man. jog my working memory. <laughs> yeah, I should, so I can get some. Um, I think one of the biggest things is, like, lack of connection. So, obviously, as someone with ADHD, you know, you can be really disconnected from your partner really easily without yeah. realising. So, yeah. constantly, you know, going to work, coming home from the gym, like we were saying before, it's like you get in this cycle and it's like you can't stop. So then because you can't stop, you feel you kind of can't connect sometimes. So mm. there's this disconnect. So when you then obviously go to, I guess, I think the desire just isn't there a lot of the time for people with ADHD. So, and I guess it's also not black and white in that sense in 
in the idea that like there's libido variation. So you either have a really intense high sex drive where that's all that you can think about or it's on the other end of the spectrum where it's like you're not thinking about it. Like it's just kaput. So that can be really hard to navigate and it's not a constant thing. So you might have found that it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, for a couple of months you're hyper-focused on sex, it's all you can think about and then it's like, you haven't thought about it in two months and you haven't realized. I had that, re- like, I had that exact problem in most of my yeah. relationships. Yeah. Like when yeah. I, was, I was really and they were like, whoa, like calm down. I'm like, no, I need to do it like now. And then, <laughs> and then like, then like, you know, they'd just be like a couple of months later, they'd be like, well, what's going on now? You're not even interested. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just not in the yeah. mood. Like I'm just, I can't, I can't explain to you. Yeah. Why. Yeah. In, in the ADHD world, we call that um, the all or nothing mindset and we have that when it comes to everything, basically. Yeah, That's, yeah. I've got that for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, so it's like all or nothing with everything. Like you're all in or you're all out. Like it's that kind of thing. But in it, it kind of in addition to that, like that's one of the things that we struggle with. But another thing is like overstimulation. So like obviously when you're having intercourse, it's like Breathing, um, breathing. <laughs> you can feel it, you can hear it, you can smell it. It's like you're kind of getting distracted by things that your average person wouldn't get distracted by. My own thoughts. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a big one. Which I know all the time. I'm like, what the fuck is that about? Like, so... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, fuck oh, my, my best thinks uh, that I'm going to do that tomorrow. But, yeah. 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 Like, if that's... I put that away in the fridge, that doesn't matter. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> and that's where that disconnect happens because obviously your partner is going to be able to feel you not into it, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, it can cause a real disconnect. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do. I feel like my brain's like going in yours circles. Is, yours with big all one, the yours breast sometimes. Right. It's just you're the like, temperature of the breath. Like, uh. I'm like, get away from me. Stop moaning in my face. <laughs> no, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I'm like, give it to me. Yeah, that's all. That's all right. That's not too bad. My, what would mind? I don't know. Something. Sometimes I've had experiences. I'm not going to say, but like but a, you were saying that you like don't care about breath at all during sex. Like Matt, no, like will pull out his retainer and be like straight into it. Whereas like for me, breath is like a big deal. Like I'm like, you need to go brush your teeth before no, I'm even yeah. like thinking no. about this. No, that doesn't do it. For, yeah, no, breath isn't. There's sort of like thing- Matt's like Matt's going into sex with retainer breath. Like that's a red flag. That is a red flag. <laughs> I'll just take it out. Like my ex just said she could hear it come out and put on the thing and she knew what was going on then. <laughs> She's hyper focused. She's acting on the impulse. Yeah. Oh my God. Like now. Now there's some things that order, I'd find that would throw me off like the slightest like body language thing and I'd be like, oh, what does she mean by that? And then like I'd just mm. spiral in my own head and start thinking about like other stuff. Or I have like yeah. a core memory from when I was like 13 and I'm starting thinking about that and I'm like, hurt all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. why am I thinking about that's, that? That's probably your rejection sensitivity. Yeah. So that that can be a really big thing in the intimacy where in like having sex and stuff as an ADHD because it's kind of like like what you were saying, when mm-hmm. their body changes or, you know, they move back and you're kind of trying to read what's happening for them, instantly you can kind of be like, oh, they don't think I'm attractive or like, oh, I did something gross or maybe my breath smells or mm. like, oh, did that taste weird? Or like, it's kind of like you instantly go into this like fear response and rejection sensitivity is like a massive thing for people. I have, people it, I have that very bad, yeah. Yeah, which it's it really plays out particularly in sex because it's the person you're closest with, right? So like the fear of rejection is going to be so much more intense because they're like the last person on this earth you want 
to not like you or think yeah. you're gross or whatever. I've said that as well, that like I always would say like, I just want to like, you know, if we'd have an argument or something, I'd want them to like forgive and like let it go because mm. I didn't want them yeah. to like be angry and hate me. Yeah. that rejection yeah. sensitive. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Guys, this has been such an interesting chat. We have to go, but I'm so sad. I feel like we're going to have yeah. to get you guys on the podcast again because this is like a whole new world to Matt and yeah. to me. And yeah. I feel like it's just been so interesting chatting to you both. A lot of ahas. This episode needs to be like the aha ADHD episode. Yeah, I should call it that. <laughs> guys, thank you, guys. Thank you for your wisdom. I feel like we're going to have you on again. It's been so interesting. Um, we really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, much, much for yeah, chatting with us on yeah. this ADHD.